welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. I feel like Conway Twitty. I feel like I should say it's a rainy night in Memphis. What is it about two drops of rain in this city and everyone loses their ever-loving minds? It took me an hour to get down here tonight. Yeah, we were sitting here waiting on you with our soon-to-be-announced guest, and I had time to smoke an entire cigar before you got here. Yeah, I, it just and I usually go back roads. I've learned the back roads to get down here from where I work and it usually takes me the same to go that route at rush hour as it does to go interstate not at rush hour so it it works out great for me but today oh my god everyone was driving the speed limit which I'm not used to everyone was just it was the roads were clogged up it was awful I need a cigar I mean how many turn signals did you see between here and your office Uh, about half a one half a one one blink yeah and it was and it was on my own dashboard (laughs) Well, first let's introduce our guest. Let's do it. Let's light some cigars. So, Jay Beaver is our guest tonight. How are you guys doing? Jay originally appeared September 30th of last year of 2017. Oh, wow. So, we're looking at just about a year. For those of you that would like to go back in here that can't get enough of Jay Beaver, it's episode 35. Wow. We were just babies then. We were. We were learning so much. And he was too. It was when he was a new smoker. Now we're going to get about a year in. Later on in the show, we want to talk about the things he learned. But first and foremost, we need to light a cigar. We do. And this, are, are you going to go first or save oh, it for no. the end? I've got, first, first, let's introduce Jay's cigar. All right. I brought Jay what I believe for the smoker that's been in it about a year that's ready to go to the next level but isn't really ready to embrace the strongest of tobacco, I brought him the Avo Classic. And I think this is a great cigar just in general, but I think it's a really great cigar for someone who's about a year in because you're probably still not in that $11 to $12 range on most of the cigars that you smoke. Um, I know for me, when I had my first Avo, it was one of those. It was a special occasion. It was that next level um, in price point. So I think it's a great gift for someone who's getting in it um, to, to kind of taste something that you've probably never had before. Uh, well, my usual price range is about the 8 to $9 range. So this is going to be a nice treat for me. Excellent. Well, I've always said that's my post-ribeye smoke, though usually I do go with the Heritage. That's my preference as well. But, you know, you bring up a good point. I was having a conversation with someone just this week about the perfect cigar to gift somebody that you don't know what they smoke. And the Avo Classic was the first thing that came to my mind because it doesn't matter if you smoke really mild cigars or really flavorful cigars. It's going to hit your palate well. Well, and it's perfect price point because it's in between Padron money and the cheaper cigars. Yeah, it definitely... It's 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 enough to be nice, but not so much that you have to really think about it. Yeah, it's eleven to fifteen dollars. Check local listings. Yeah, depending on size and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, depending on that size and local I, taxes. He'll be smoking the Churchill, and I believe that's Churchill's at about oh. six by forty-two. Oh, uh, it's a Toro. Oh, it's a Toro. He'll be smoking it's the a Toro. six by fifty-two. Trey will always rec- recognize the sizing better than I will. I always think things are a little larger than they are. <laughs> But no comment. Well, Avo Avazian, we were talking about it before the show. He just passed away two years ago now. Not quite. It was while we were doing the show, so okay. it's been within a year and a half. 
And Ivo, he was a piano player, and he's seen people in bars, always liked to smoke cigars, and started Ivo. Davidoff has since bought him, but it's another one of those deals. I was scared that Davidoff would take him over and we would lose what makes Ivo Ivo, but they haven't. They really haven't. They've they've really just improved what I thought was going to be a hard brand to improve. Yeah. So enjoy your Avo Classico tonight. Thank you, I will. Now for Trey, I've brought cigars for Trey tonight because I want to make him make the choice. Oh. This is going to be a tough night for Trey. This is. When you said it was going to be a tough night for me and you brought me a cigar, I was really expecting a KFC sweet. I was really afraid you were going to do something like that to me. So I hold in my hand three cigars. The new Don Gonzalez Sumatra. Okay. This is one of my favorite cigars Pedro ever made. I went Thursday and seen Pedro down in Madison. One of my favorite cigars he ever made. The other is the Don Gonzalez Cameroon. The, it's the Cameroon wrapper, and I know you're a Cameroon man. I am. I'm actually smoked a Cameroon on the way here tonight. And the other is the new My Father La Gran Oferta. At all. Now, you're going to hurt my feelings. I you wish you all could see cigars. the grin on his face. Yeah, I know, I know that. But you know what? I love you, Shane, but I'm going to do it. I, I, I know I, which one you're going to choose. You know exactly which one I'm going to choose. So which one are you going to? The My Father. I figured you would take the grin off air. But thank you very much. I do want to make sure and, and get that on record as saying thank you for, for this. Well, I've been really looking forward to smoking this cigar. Well, and I thought since this was... Um, my deal to surprise you. I've, I've looked up the cigar for you. I have the information. It is a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, and it is Nicaraguan binder and filler. Had one on the cruise, really liked it. I think it's everything my father does. It does it very well, and I really think you will enjoy that particular smoke. I am, I am very much looking forward to this. I really wish they had the abilities to see the grin on your face when you saw that one. I, did, I saw it. He pulls it out of the three-finger case, and I recognized the satin band. Like, that's all it took. I knew exactly. Uh, I didn't know what the other two cigars were because he was holding all the labels away from me, but I knew that my father band. I'm a showman at heart. You certainly are. So... What I'm going to smoke tonight... What are you smoking, Shane? <laughs> this, these just came in yesterday, or actually Monday, at the shop here. This is the Romacraft SBC 18, surrounded by champions 18. Bingo. <laughs> now, this is the follow-up to the surrounded by champions 16, and they didn't do a 17. The difference being this one is a barber pole wrapper, and it has a San Andreas wrapper and a Connecticut do you know what that cigar looks like to me? What's that? The Camacho Double Shock. It does, yeah, with the big label. Um, with I mean, I'm sure it doesn't taste anything like it because the the blends that Camacho does versus Roma Craft are so polar opposites. But that I see I see that cigar, and that's what it looks like to me. Well, and this it's one's about made, the same price too. Yeah, this one's made in the Nicosuenia factory in Nicaragua, and you were actually here last night. A friend of ours was here, and he said. Hey, let's smoke one of those together. And I said, I gotta save it for the podcast. We've been talking about this, about what people that don't have a podcast, how they choose their cigars every night. But it's a wrapper, it's a Mexican San Andreas, and then the Ecuadorian Connecticut creates the barber pole. Okay. 
And I love a dual wrapper cigar. I'm a little torn how to cut this one because if you see the cap is an Ecuadorian Connecticut. So I do think I'm going to V-cut this so that I don't lose all of that Ecuadorian Connecticut on the cap. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Yeah, I think if I straight cut it, I would lose some of that Ecuadorian Connecticut. Now, if you were a punch man, that would be perfect. Yeah, and that may be what I do. I may just take my small gauge punch. I have a small gauge punch here. Yeah. So on Trey's recommendation, I will punch this one while Trey and Jay speak. <laughs> no, I actually, referencing a podcast that we did maybe maybe four episodes ago, when I was on my camping trip this past week, I ended up sort of away from camp with a cigar and forgot to bring my lighter and my cutter with me. I have one of those uh, Calibri Firebird out, like windproof, waterproof, altitude tested that I keep. I keep it in my tackle box when I go camping. Like anytime I'm just doing some real outdoors stuff, that's the one. And I have a cheap little plastic double guillotine cutter that I've got tied around the little little wrist strap. It's also what stays outside on my patio because I don't have to worry about it getting rained on and stuff like that. Anyway, so I didn't have that. I left it back at camp. And I did something that I have not done in a very long time, and I punched my cigar. Oh, what did you have to punch? The end of a match. So, of so I took the end of a match and I made about, I made a, a ring rather than just punch through a couple of times. I made a little ring and pulled out about a eight to nine millimeter little punch. Worked great. Well, this is interesting on the cold draw. So there was only 250 boxes of these made and he actually got five of them here at Crown Cigar, which I was really happy for. But this has been a Roma Craft shop for a very long time. Yeah, it's one of the top 100 Roma Craft shops in the country. Yeah. And so it was good that he got that many of them. It's a little small for the price point for me. Um, it's a five and a half by 46, and at that $16 range, that's a little less cigar than I like to pay that much for. That's true, but, you know, size isn't everything. That is true. But the cold draw, I'm getting a hint of sweet. Okay. And I'm interested to see I bet that when I light it. that's that Connecticut. It must be that Ecuadorian portion of the cigar. But I'm going to go ahead and light this thing up and enjoy it. And I'll enjoy while I'm lighting my cigar. Yes, sir. What's the biggest thing you've learned about cigars in one year of cigar smoking? Well, I've definitely learned uh, not to inhale the cigars. That was a hard habit to break from being a cigarette smoker. I've also learned... uh, a lot of my preferences when it comes to a cigar. So what was your approach on that? Did you find something you liked and just kind of set on it for a while? Or were you one of those people that just, as soon as you f- figured out that you liked the hobby, just started trying a little bit of everything? Well, I've, I've experimented around with, with around the base of the ones I really like. Uh, my go-to is, like I said, the Kentucky Fire Cured, the Drew Estates, the Mawat. It, it's my go-to. And I started going around that particular family, trying the flying pig, the swamp thing. Uh, I've got a velvet rat in my humidor that I'm dying to smoke one of these days. Uh, just And expanding from there, kind of like start with the one that I really liked and then move out a little bit, yeah. out a little bit. Just sort of incrementally building new flavors and things like that within that family that you kind of already know and understand. Absolutely. And it seems to That's a good approach. Well. well, and I've actually, as I've kind of been with him on this cigar journey. Um, you Sherpa? Your cigar Sherpa? Your cigar Sherpa. That's, I'm on a, with like a t-shirt and a hat made with that. Cigar Sherpa. 
Oh. I'll get you a specialized pick. Tinzig Norshane. I like it. <laughs> I, I was concerned as many KFCs as he was smoking that he was actually going to burn his palate somewhat. Which can absolutely be done. I mean, that is a cigar that is not for the faint of heart. Not because it's particularly strong, just because the flavors are so overpowering and so distinct. That was one of the main things that drew me to it, though, is it was so flavorful, and every draw had just such a plethora of different tastes and flavors. It it does. I I have found that to be such a polarizing cigar, though. It's one of those you either love it or hate it. it. Um, Case in point, um, the people that I go camping with, uh, it's turned into a bit of a cigar trip, which was great because the first you know five years of this camping trip, I was the only one smoking cigars. Now, not only am I not the only one smoking cigars, but I'm not even the only one sm- smoking multiple cigars a day anymore. It's great. But they had stopped at a cigar shop in Knoxville on the way, and one of the ones that he picked up was a Swamp Thing, and it was all he could do to finish it. It just didn't hit his palate right. And it's just one of those things. It's a great cigar, but it, de- it really depends on who you are and what kind of mood you're in. Yeah, it's, it's such a, pol- like you said, it's a polarizing cigar. I was concerned when you said everybody had started smoking that maybe they had emptied your muchador <laughs> during the time. I will say this is the first time on the, in the history of that trip that I've come back with nothing. I always budget three cigars a day. It's a four-day trip. And this time, I took two extras on top. I usually take two extras as well. So, 14 cigars. On the way up there, we stopped in Cookville to get a cup of coffee. And I had just started a Yellow Label Torano Vault. I mean, it was, a, it was a Toro size. I probably still had a Robusto's worth of cigar left. And I went to set it on my car to go inside to go to the bathroom and get coffee. Come, came back out. It had fallen off the top of my car and rolled into a puddle. Oh. And I was just heartbroken. especially Because the thing is, when you're camping and an hour away from cell service and civilization, the last thing you want to do is run out of cigars. So I'm already thinking, like, heck, uh, what am I? Like, I'm already worried that that 14 cigars isn't going to be enough for four days. And now I lose one early. And then we get there, and my dad and uncle are like, well, we want, you know, can you give us one? So, okay, well, I'm, now I'm down another one. And I, <laughs> so I was really, but, I, no, the, the, the other, other 12 of them, I smoked all of them. Did you have that moment of thinking, I can dry that one out? I did. If it hadn't landed in the puddle, which had that nice little rainbow-colored oil slick on top of it, I, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, saw, I was walking inside, and I saw it fall, and I was like, well, it's done. And if, if it had just been on the dry pavement, I might have picked it up, I, you know, but the fact that it rolled and then rolled into a puddle, I was like, nope, it's done. A single tear slides down his cheek. Oh, it was like that Native American from the, from the commercials on TV years yeah. ago. You mourned your lost cigar. I, I did. Well, I wasn't even there, and I'm mourning your lost cigar. <laughs> so before we get into the news of the week, tell me about the Gran Aferta. I'm really enjoying it. I am not tasting a whole lot of that my father spice that I was expecting. I, it's drawing a little tight, and I think it just needs to warm up a bit. It's, it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. The flavors I'm getting out of it are very textbook my father. Like you said, it's what they do best. Um, it's just 
the quality is there. I'm not getting the quantity of flavor that I that I know that this thing is capable of. So I'm, I mean, I'm only a half inch in. As it starts to warm up, it's going to open up. I can feel it. So this is your first avo, Jay. What's your impression? Uh, I'm very much enjoying it. It's got a good draw, very flavorful, kind of a creamy, a uh, little peppery taste to it. It's kind of nice. Uh, while you two were talking, I was looking it up a little bit. Uh, nice Dominican binder and filler with a Connecticut seed sun-grown Ecuadorian wrapper. Very flavorful. I like it. Nice. And you had mentioned before we got started smoking that you were a little... Uh apprehensive because it's not a Nicaraguan like you're so used to. Do you pretty much exclusively smoke Nicaraguans at this point? Not exclusively, but from the experimentations we were talking about, I, it is my preferred. Yeah. And Jay's experimentation is directly related to his success at the Tuesday night poker game. Which as of late has been very minimal. <laughs> it's not been very ambitious. Well, talk to me about your cigar. How are you finding it so far? Um, I'm getting a little crooked burn. I'm trying to straighten that out as we speak. The flavor is there. You can taste that San Andreas. I haven't got any of the Ecuadorian, that creamier, lighter flavor. I haven't got any of that. Um, Getting a little hint kind of on the top middle of my tongue that I'm not used to getting. I'm not sure where that is. But I'll be interested as I get the whole cigar warm to see how it really mellows out, which Roma Craft, always going to be a quality cigar. Oh, absolutely. You know, Roma Craft is the, it's the cigar man's cigar. It's the standard. And uh, when you talk boutique cigar, Roma Craft is really what you have to talk about. So, some legislative news real quick. All right. Let's get that out of the way in the front of the show. So, the bill that seeks the exemption for traditional and handmade cigars. This is bill, everybody please write this down so that you can tell your congressman. H.R. 564, also known as the Traditional Cigar Manufacturing and Small Business Job Preservation Act. Oh, man. That's That's a mouthful. mouthful. Yeah. It now has 147 bipartisan co-sponsors representing 38 states. That's impressive. Most recent sign-ups have been Representative Andy Briggs from Arizona, Warren Davidson from Ohio, and Debbie Lasko of Arizona. Good on you. And they're all Republicans, but it is a bipartisan bill right now. Right. So it looks like we're gaining a little momentum toward beating the FDA on this insane cash grab that they're trying to shove down the throats of cigar smokers everywhere. Having that kind of support and the fact that we have bipartisan support on this is, I think that's just a testament to what a myopic, opportunistic just poorly thought out idea this was by the FDA. Yeah, the whole thing's just ridiculous. The whole legislation to try to regulate premium cigars in the same class as tobacco and even worse, vaping, is just, it's a horrendous thought. I'm absolutely, um, I think this bill will get passed and I think this will forever be known as the day Nat Sherman died. And all of us, we've spoke about before, Nat Sherman's parent company came out in support of not having the premium cigar exemption because they primarily make cigarettes. I, I think you're <clears throat> boiling it down into a little bit of its... Like I said, we, and we talked about it at the time, uh, Charlie over at Half Wheel did a great article on playing devil's advocate and showing the other side of their... Um, potential motives and 
I'm not saying it changed my mind, and I'm not saying that what they did was in, uh, altruistic in any way, but I do think that there's probably more to the story than we realize. I think it's a business decision, and they were looking out for what's best for their big picture as opposed to what's best for the cigar industry. It's like us talking about the CBD cigar. It's not good for the industry. It's a cash grab based on one person trying to stock their bottom line. Yeah. But let's concentrate on the positives, that it's proof that a good cigar can even bring political parties onto the same page. That's true. That is true. So that's all the legislation we're going to do for this week. I I don't like to get too deep in the legislation because I think we should all be able to relax and enjoy our cigar. And if I get to talking about legislation, it won't be long before I'll climb onto my soapbox. I was about to say, we'll both be up there before too long. Yeah, something will be said about smelly hippies and vaping, and (laughs) then the the show just goes off the rails. From the looks of things, that soapbox is not big enough for both of you. Uh, Trey's little. He can sit on my shoulders. (laughs) Gives me a better vantage point. If you see far, it's because you've stood on the shoulder of a giant. <laughs> and also, my next story, for, for my next trick, Cigars International has opened a new superstore in Texas. Does it say whereabouts? Yes, it is. It, it opened in September, and it's at 3800 Plano Parkway, Colony, Texas. Holy cow. They are going to step on some toes. So you're more familiar with Texas. I know exactly where that is, yeah. So what's the nearest big city? uh, Dallas. It is right outside of Dallas. Okay. Um, So there's a a really great cigar shop in Plano up on the north side of Dallas called Renegade Cigars. I was really good friends with the guys that ran that shop when I was living there a few years ago. And... That's right in their backyard. Now, granted, in their case, their whole thing is the environment. They've got one of the best environments in any shop I've ever been in. They do jazz nights, and it's really relaxed. So I think they'll be okay, certainly. Uh, but, but man, that's, that's an interesting... I mean, they're still 15, 20 minutes away, but that's about the closest one next door, and that, that's really going to step on some toes. Well, and Cigars International is going big. 7,000 square foot shop. Holy cow. 2,500 square foot of that is the humidor. So it's a 2,500 square foot closed glass humidor. Um, to give somebody an idea of how big 2,500 square foot is... It's this shop. Yeah, basically this shop, and if for somebody who's never happened to be in Crown Cigar, I can draw four bedroom, three bath houses all day long and hit twenty five hundred square foot on the knob. Yeah. So that tells you how big twenty five hundred square foot is. Basically, a four bedroom home. Yeah, it's that is not small. No, that's huge, and the pictures are just beautiful. If you see the is it renderings? The pictures, no, it's pictures. oh, you it's said it opened in September. In September. Oh, it's a gorgeous shop. Yeah, and it is a Macanudo, Club Macanudo. Okay. So Macanudo stroked a check to get their name put on it, which I'm always a fan of. Big leather chairs, everything you think a cigar shop should be. I so. wonder about a shop that big, though. Part of what I love about a, a cigar shop is the intimate feeling, the close, sort of quiet, loungy atmosphere. I wonder if that's just too big. I think the biggest part... I mean, you're talking about 4,500 square feet of lounge space. Well, and here's a good thing, because we have Jay on the show. As a new smoker, Jay, if you were traveling abroad, 
and you went into a 7,000 square foot cigar shop, would you feel a level of intimidation? Would you feel a little more comfortable because of the anonymity? How would that make you feel? Well, much like Trey, I agree that one of the big drawing parts of the Quote Fingers cigar shop is the fact that it's more intimate. People tend to get to know each other, and it's just, it's just a good place to go and have a good conversation, smoke a decent cigar, have a drink, read the paper, watch the game. It's a good relaxing environment. Something that size, I'm thinking more like nightclub or bar scene where there's just so many different people and personalities running around that I wouldn't feel comfortable there, personally. I wondered if it would be somewhat overwhelming. I feel like it might be a bit like going to Target. I mean, by comparison, like I said, this entire shop is about the size of that humidor. And well, and they tried to, just as the architecture nerd here, they really tried to pattern the store after a traditional northeastern tobacco curing barn. From the pictures, it actually looks like a baseball stadium. Like the way they've got the iron, the truss work at the top. Yeah, and they have the high, a 32-foot high ceiling. Okay, so it really does feel like a target then. Which I do think if you do have a cigar lounge, that's got to be a must. Is you got to have a high ceiling because the smoke's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And mechanically, you're only going to get so much of it out without making so much noise that nobody can actually hear what's going on in the cigar shop. No, and I've told the story on the show before of one of my favorite places to smoke in Nashville back before the smoking ban is there was a a bar attached to the Hilton downtown here in Nashville. And it had probably 40-foot ceilings because of the way it was built into the hotel. You couldn't even smell the cigar that you were smoking in front of you because of how good the ventilation was in there. And, and a lot of that comes from the really tall, the high ceiling. Well, and I think when you design a cigar lounge, you want to design zones. Um, there's nothing worse than a cigar lounge where there can only be one conversation going on at a time. Right. Because, you know, one of the ones I used to frequent was kind of that way. It was hard to have your own area. And that was actually one of the things that originally brought me to Crown was there's four or five distinct areas in this lounge that you can sit and carry on a conversation totally separate of where everybody else is doing. Right. And that's not to mention the outside area as well. Yeah. That's not, yeah. If you would like to go outside. Which being, being right outside north of Dallas, you're, you've got about what? 16 days out of the year that you can actually be out there and enjoy it. Yeah, the rest of the time it's hot. But really enjoying the SBC 18. Um, The flavor is there. My burn is still feeling a little crooked, but the burn is there and it seems to be working out. Um, I'm letting it ash a little longer. Jay, this is something, if you ever have a cigar that's burning kind of crooked the way this one is, let it ash a little bit longer. That extra heat will actually help it to come closer to evening out. So we're going to step away from a break. When we come back, I'm going to really interrogate Jay. I'm going to put him on, get Trey, get my bear bulb. I'm going to get the bear bulb. You're getting out of that chair and onto a stool, and we're going to really interrogate you about your first year in the cigar lifestyle. When you nod, nobody can hear you. I know. <laughs> well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Shane, 
Shane here with tonight's Cigar Under 8. Tonight we want to talk about the CAO Pilon. Pilon is named for the basic bundles of tobacco that they, when they're aging tobacco and they lay it in. And we actually had the experience talking with Don Gonzalez this week of how when it's in the pilons, they do have to turn the leaves. To keep you from getting hot spots, essentially. Right, that the temperature rises during the fermentation process. But the pilon, CAO released this about two years ago. Um, it is a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper with Nicaraguan binder and filler. A great little cigar. You can pick them up for 6 or $7 each. It's very, very flavorful for that price point. General is so good about really packing a lot of flavor without having to really hurt the wallet. And this is just a perfect example of that. So everyone try the CAO Pilon. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, and we've got a guest, Mr. Jay Beavers, this week. Thank you again for having me, guys. So, let's start this year, Jay. Um, just recently, uh, my wife had a wedding, so you got her ticket to the Kentucky Fire. Not her own smoker. Not her own. <laughs> uh, one of her, one of her nieces. Luckily, I had to work. I had to go to the barn smoker. I didn't have to go to the wedding. Business so, trip. So you went, yeah, business trip. So you went with me to the barn smoker. What was your expectations when I talked about us going versus what it actually was? Well, I went into it with, with very open eyes because, again, like I said earlier, the Kentucky Fire Cured, it's my go-to. So I was really looking forward to seeing how everything was done, but I went in there with a very open mind, not really expecting anything too extreme or too grandiose. I was very surprised but how detailed they are and all the different things that go into making my favorite cigar. It was very very educational. Now, we had another first-timer go with us, somebody else from the store, and he said it's something he enjoyed, but he only wanted to go to once. But I, I go back every year. Oh, I would definitely go again. See, I kind of felt that way after last year. I, I'm not saying I'd only ever want to go to one, but it's one that I would. It's it's the type of event that I wouldn't feel compelled to go to every every year. But I think maybe every two years or every three years, I, you know, the process is all the same. the The cigars change a little bit, but I think it's a great experience. I and I, I don't know that I'd want to get to a point where that experience becomes mundane or routine. Well, I love the atmosphere. Um, this one we had, I can tell you from Barn Smokers past, more people traveled to this Barn Smoker this year than anyone, than anyone they've had before. All the pictures I saw looked like it was a huge crowd. Yeah, it was 600 and some odd people. Wow. And all, the, all of it benefited Cigars for Warriors, great charity. And just really good people. Um, the Broadleaf Broads from Chicago showed up, and they were very fun to talk to. And all the ladies, they actually did the part where you, part I got to do last year, where you actually dip up the coals to take into there. They let the ladies do that this time. And it was, it was really fun to just see people from all over the country come together and herf around for a little while. Oh, I bet. And, you know, you're in the barn and the tobacco's hanging above you, and it's just such a, a great experience. Well, they couldn't have planned that better. The, the weather for it was just absolutely perfect. Uh, 
it was just a really great time. I very much enjoyed it. If I get the opportunity, I will definitely be going back and doing that again. Yeah, and we talked about it on the show before. The gift basket was outstanding. Oh, absolutely. So I'm still working my way through the gift basket. One of the things they did do this year is they had a different cigar there that Drew Estate didn't make. Oh. And I'll venture a cigar company from Michael Giannanini. He um, knew Jonathan Drew for a long time. He's worked in the cigar industry, and he started Venture Cigars. And Venture Cigars gave us all a cigar there, and it was the Axis Mundo. It was an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Indonesian Sumatra binder, and Nicaraguan Habano filler. That sounds like a pretty good recipe. Um, I don't know. What was your impression? You smoked it, Jay. What was kind of your impression of that cigar? It was hard to get into. Uh, it, it didn't really pop, I guess would be the word for it, till about uh, a third of the way through when the tobacco finally warmed up all the way around. But then it was it was just... A really good smoke. It, it was flavorful. It was a good draw. Not too much smoke, not too much flavor. It was just a really nice blend. Well, and it, that was what Cliff and I were discussing. Um, he went with us, and he smoked it. And he, when he started it, he wasn't a fan. But as it warmed up, it really come alive. But it seemed like that the flavors really needed to warm up to come alive in that particular cigar. Um, kind of unique. It was one of those few cigars. I don't know. Have you ever had one that you had to warm up before you could enjoy it, Trey? I have. Uh, typically, I mean, a lot of Churchills that I've smoked are that way. And I find that a lot of Dominican cigars, it, it, it's more likely to happen with a Dominican cigar than a Nicaraguan, I think. I think it's because the flavorful nature of the Nicaraguan tobacco, when you put your lips on it, you tend to start to get a lot more of that flavor, whereas for a Dominican cigar, at least the ones that I tend to smoke, you get so much flavor out of the binder and the filler and the smoking it that it takes that, that minute to really get it going. Well, and, you know, Dominican, Dominican tobacco is a lot more savory than Nicaraguan. Nicaraguan's just a drier tobacco by nature, just by flavor, not mm. necessarily drier as in less humidity, just the way it interacts with your palate tends to be a little drier. Right. It's a good point. It did seem to be almost, uh, once it warmed up, it, it seemed to have almost, what's the word I'm looking for, a moisture, draw, yeah. a more humid draw to it. Yeah, it's, it was a different cigar. It was a good cigar. I mean, if anybody's out there and they see the Ventura cigars, I'd recommend to try one. Um, probably never going to be my go-to smoke. Never going to be what I reach for in my humidor, you know, day in and day out. Do we know what the price point is on it? Uh, price point on those is right around the uh, ten to thirteen dollar range. Okay, so not bad. Uh, Ninety plus rated in aficionado, but it's it's so hard to go by aficionado. Man, we haven't dogged on aficionado in a long time. Yeah. Did that feel good? It did. I, it looked like it felt good. I feel a little relieved. <laughs> you you got to... You're smiling a little more. Feel-good yeah. moment. Sitting I, a little taller. Yeah. I can see that one definitely being more of an acquired taste cigar, though. Yeah, but it was a very good cigar. So I've asked Jay several questions about his journey, but I've been with him a little closer than Trey has. What's your question for the new cigar smoker, Trey? Not how, to put you on the spot. How many cigars are you smoking a day, a week? Uh, I'm not a... 
regular smoker. Um, I two to three a week okay. on the average. And how many of those would you say are KFCs? Two to three. Okay. By and large, but okay. Now here's an here's a question I have. You're also a cigarette smoker. I am. And I remember you tried to quit a couple of times last year and barely avoided a near homicide at your workplace due to that fact. Um, due, to, due to management responsibilities, I wasn't actually able to go through with the, the homicide in question. This is being recorded, fellas. <laughs> I know good lawyers. But yeah, there's several of them smoke here with me. Yeah, I was about to say, we've had some, some of them on the, show, on the show. But when you were trying to quit cigarettes... Did you do any cigars during that time to try to sublimate it, or did you go all tobacco embargo? Oh, no, I, I did not do a complete uh, tobacco embargo, quote fingers. Um, I did find myself smoking more cigars. My average two to three went up to, I'd say, four to six. It almost doubled just to get the nicotine. Mm-hmm. Were you still inhaling at that point, too? I, I was. I was. Some people can do it. You know, I, it's, it's not the way the cigar is intended to be enjoyed, but I know, I know people that can do it and they can handle it. And more power to them. Well, it's kind of like the retro hell. I know you retro hell a lot. I almost never retro hell. I've accidentally retro held more than I've ever retro Okay, as, as the new cigar smoker, that is a new term in my lexicon. Please explain. So the soft palate of your mouth joins up with your nasal passage. Yes. So when you draw the smoke in, you can actually relax the back of your throat, so to speak, and bring the smoke up past your soft palate and out your nose. Now, that's different than just exhaling through your nose. But it it basically accomplishes the same thing. But But what you're doing is you're getting all of the flavor, you know, about... About 80% of all the flavors we taste comes from smell. So what you're doing is enhancing your ability to taste the, the nuances in that cigar when you do it. And it's my eyes water. And while I, I do like the Retro Hell, especially on a new cigar where I'm trying to, there is very little that is as painful as the accidental Retro Hell. Now, I, I just tried one on purpose, and I, I, no, I do not see myself doing that on a regular basis. I had I had a moment on the camping trip where I was taking a, a draw off my cigar and someone made me laugh, and it was the smoke equivalent of shooting milk out your nose. <laughs> oh, man, that was painful. What were you holding at the time? A Tell me it wasn't a charter oak. I think it might have been. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a, uh, a well, DNA. Like I said, oh. we know it wasn't a yellow wrap. That would no. Die I, I did death. bring two of those, so oh, I did okay. get to enjoy the, uh, another Torano Vault. But yeah, it was a it was a DNA. Well, and before I forget, we get to talking about cigars and all that. Just to update everybody, Glenda is fine. She had her accident last Wednesday. I won't bore everybody with all the details, but I will say this: she was in a Dodge Avenger. And the every safety feature worked perfectly. About half her car was scattered across I-65, and she walked away. I have never seen a, a picture of a car that's been hit and in that state 
and to know that she was able to just walk away from it with barely scrapes and bruises like that's that's a testament to that vehicle for sure well and i'm i'm very blessed i've I've been very thankful that she was not hurt you know we'll be married 20 years next month and i couldn't imagine not having her with me in my life so um, it was terrifying when i called you i was terrified i was on my way to get her and i was just when i seen the car i was just terrified yeah because I had to drive past the car going one direction on the interstate, get off on an exit, and come back. Oh, wow. And that was the longest five minutes of my life. I bet. Seeing the car and seeing the debris field, it was like, I cannot believe, you know. Just thank goodness that you had already talked to her and knew that she was okay. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty terrifying. But just so everybody knows, she's doing well. Thank you for everybody that was concerned. Appreciate it. And, um it was really last night was her first night back here at the cigar shop really with all the guys here and to see the outpouring of all the guys hugging her and telling her how glad that they were that she was alive and that she was um, not hurt not injured and all that was really touching i mean not to get not to get too touchy feely but it, it really speaks to the cigar culture and how everybody kind of looks out for each other oh absolutely and looks toward one another but Coming back to Jay Beaver's smoke journey. Yes, sir. What's your cigar etiquette? How, how have you been doing with the etiquette side of cigar smoking? It's a long, slow process because I have learned different locations have slightly different etiquette. That is true. Uh, I've learned to not just leave my cigar laying around. Uh, I, I no longer try and put it out, for lack of a better term. Oh, he lost it. I just lost my ash. That was an impressive one. That's got to be a solid two inches there. Yeah, it was a solid two, two and a half. Yeah, if you straightened it out, it'd probably gain another quarter inch. Yeah. And I had not tapped my SBC 18 yet. I was seeing how far the ash would go as part of evaluating the new cigar. And now, anyway. and now we know. <laughs> but carrying on about the, the etiquette side, because that's always important. It really is. Um, just when dealing with the, 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 the people... Um, Give them a minute, let them light their smoke, let them get a, a, a puff or two in, then go say hi, shake their hand. Don't light a cigarette in a cigar shop. It is the epitome of That is bad quite taste. the faux pas. Yeah, everybody, everybody looks at you a little less when you light a cigarette. In I would a cigar love shop. to see someone vape in a cigar shop just to see the reaction. We had a young man that would vape during the poker game, and he quit when I told him that it was going to give him cervical cancer. In that typical Shane Reeves, subtly. I wish y'all could see Trey's face right now. He's never been more ashamed. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. But, but that's, it is interesting to kind of get used to the nuances of the different shops and being around. And you're pretty regular here with us. You play poker with us, and come by to see and at the wrestling events I, Pedro had sent you a hand roll from the events oh and I will I will forever love him for that that was probably the finest cigar I have ever smoked in my life there's something about the fresh hand roll there's just something about that cigar that's just been born <laughs> I do I do like a fresh hand rolled cigar when the, when the tobacco is in such such a shape where you can go ahead and smoke it right there 
But I think so much of that comes from just the environment. Usually you're at a shop or an event, and it's. I find that the, the atmosphere lends so much uh, benefit to that fresh hand-rolled cigar. Well, and the real quick shameless plug, um, Pedro will be at Nick's Restaurante for a tasting and cigar rolling event November 4th in Huntsville, Alabama. Are you going to go down for that one? Oh, I will be down there for that one. Pedro and I discussed it at the event, and my, my seats are awaiting Glenda and I to go down there. He says the Italian food is amazing, and he's going to bring Anjandro, his roller, whose name I'm definitely mispronouncing, <laughs> um, and he's going to roll them fresh right there. So Now, I don't want to smoke while I'm eating, but, boy, right after I'm done. Yeah. Is definitely the time to... Are you going to be able to light up, like, right there at the end of dinner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's part of the the whole joy of the event. There are a handful of really good scenarios in which following it with a cigar is the perfect move. One of those is a good Italian dinner. That is one of those. And I don't guess we can go too detailed into that. One of those is a good Italian (laughs) dinner. (laughs) But very excited to get to go do that and enjoy that with Pedro. And it's just a, again, it's just the cigar culture. It's just being around the guys. Um, You know, one of our fellow, one of our guys here at the cigar shop rode his motorcycle down last Thursday when we all went there. And we all got to just kind of skip out and half a day's work. If you do go to the cigar room in Huntsville, or it's actually in Madison, but it's right beside Huntsville, there's a place called the Cuban Cafe that I had one of, a great Cuban sandwich, and as you know, I'm oh, did they pass muster for you? They passed muster. They could they could have went a little heavier on the pork. Um, it was a little more bread, a little less meat than I like, but it was excellent. I I definitely cannot complain, and I actually had the mashed yucca oh. to go with it. That is so good when done right. Yeah, and yucca is kind of it's a it's a cactus type plant, mm-hmm. and it's basically the roots of it. It's boiled, it's starchy, and it's kind of what seasonings you put with it go with it. But it's a lot like a parsnip. Yeah. Uh, one more piece of cigar news, just to talk about right quick. Um, Caldwell Cigars has created an exclusive cigar for Casa de Monte Cristo. Did you see anything about this? I haven't seen anything about this. They are going to create the. Casa, or uh, excuse me, let me get the name of this. The Casa Caldwell. It's a 6x50 Toro using a Mexican San Andreas Claro wrapper over a Sumatra binder and Dominican fillers. That'll be light. Yeah, I think it will be light. Um, they've already released 300 boxes, but it'll go into wide production a little bit later from now. The price point on that is... Um, Knowing Caldwell, $37? Well, I thought I had an article that said that, but it turns out I don't. But I've, I've got to think it's going to be close to that $20 range. Yeah. Um, Caldwell's good cigars. We've spoke about them at length. The price point on them is not not as good as I wish it was. It's not entry-level smoker-friendly. We'll say that much. I mean, you've really got to know your palate and know your way around a humidor, I feel like in order to be able to comfortably drop that kind of money on a cigar. But a beautiful box. I like that. When you look at the box, the box is a white box, and it has a swordsman on the front. With a, a little bit of a nod to the Monte Cristo logo with yes. those rapiers Yeah, a little bit of a crossed. nod to the Espada. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone, that was my iPad falling. 
I will make an assumption and say that that is supposed to be the Count of Monte Cristo. I don't, I don't know. They, they kind of go with the sword motif a lot with Monte Cristo, so it's kind of hard to tell. Great, great book. Shameless plug is all a shame. Great book. I recommend reading it highly. But the, um, the only other thing I do have to say, i got to pull the show over and step away from cigars for a minute. I was wondering if that was going to happen tonight. You've gotten late into the show before you had to I, do it. I have. I, we had a guest. Oh, okay. That always slows me down. Part of doing a podcast on cigars is I keep a list of topics of things I'm going to talk about on my phone. Right. If I'm ever accused of a crime, you two are two of my closest friends. If I'm ever accused of a crime, please destroy my phone. Okay. Because if they read down that list of notes, a mediocre detective and a good lawyer could put me in an institution. (laughs) The thoughts are so unconnected and non sequitur. (laughs) So what were you wondering about bat sleep patterns or whatever else that was on that list this week? Yeah, I've, I've always got something on there that I want to talk about on the show, and I have to get back into that mindset as to how... And now I actually have two lists. I actually have a list of cigar cast topics, and then I have a list of brain trust topics. Ah. Because the brain trust and I meet here on Friday nights. Generally, we all sit at the bar and discuss how credit cards are leading to the decline of masculinity in our society and how all of these different things work. Why? Because of the tip? No, because always when I was young, seeing a man pull out a wad of $100 bills and peel off three or four of them to pay for something, you just thought, that's a man. You know, that he, he's experienced a certain degree of success in his life that he can peel off $300 bills and still have a wad of them to put back in the front pocket. Yeah, but that same guy could throw down that metal impregnated black card that goes when you lay it on the counter. That The card that weighs a half a pound? Yeah. Not as impressive to me. Just It doesn't fill me with the same type of joy that actually greenbacks fill me with. But just so y'all know, y'all are two of my good friends. Please destroy my phone in the event of my arrest. Should All right. We'll get I, your passcode when we're done recording. Should I clear your browser history, too? Oh, no. No, that, that's, open. That's, that's kept in the record by the CIA, I'm sure. I don't have anything to worry about there. <laughs> so, and all, but that is, that is part of modern society. But moving back towards cigars. So what else have you learned, and do you have any new questions for Trey and myself? Uh, I will admit I'm not as quite as well prepared as I was the first time. I don't have my notebook, and, and I'm not pointing with my pen asking questions this time. Um, no, uh, through the experience of the last year and what you guys, what you two told me on the first show, um, I don't really have any new questions, and I always like to think I'm always trying to learn something new as I go in. Uh, well, like going back to the, the barn smoker, uh, just the process involved, how long it takes to cure all these things, learning my palate, learning what goes well with the different cigars, uh, like drinks-wise or food-wise or things like that. And do, you, do you have your eye on a particular cigar that you haven't been able to smoke yet but you really want to? Not per se. I usually... The, the cigars I don't usually smoke are usually the ones I get when I go hang out with Shane. He's always got something new and unique and very interesting for me. 
Yeah, we smoked at the um, at the pay per view before last uh, Saudi Arabia pay per view. We smoked the Monte Cristo Open Eagle Cuban. Oh, okay. That was a really good one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, a unique experience. I always try to have something a little unique when people come to my house. Something that they can that I can give them, especially when I have a a more seasoned smoker coming. You know, the new guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep something mild, something easy. But the more experienced cigar smoker, I really pride myself on trying to kind of gauge the experience of the smoker to the the caliber of cigar which I wish to put in their hand at these type of events. So, now, Trey, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you, You're a linguist of some report. Okay. Do I would... You, I appreciate that. I found out, learned this week from one of our listeners. Do you know where the term stogie come from as it represents the cigar? I don't, actually. Jay, did you hear us speaking this earlier? Do you know? Uh, I caught bits and pieces of that conversation, but again, being fairly new to this, it sounded like it was Greek. It actually probably is. It came from the basically the Old West when men that drove the Conestoga wagons would come in and get cigars. And they started calling this particular type of cigar that the Conestoga drivers got stogies. Interesting. And that's where the term stogie come from as it represented the cigar. I like that. I, I may, may be true, may not, but I really like the story. That's right. Hey, sometimes the, a good story is just a good story. Sometimes the story is more important than the actual facts. That is true. But just that, ask Hollywood. Yeah. As, re, as reported, that's kind of one of the, the, where the term stogie comes from. But as we kind of wrap it up tonight and kind of call it even so that we can go outside and have a cigar in the rain, (laughs) discuss our week's events. And this is always one of my favorite parts about the podcast. I love doing the podcast, but I also love the time afterwards where we just kind of light up another cigar and share tales. You know, we we were to do a cigar cast after dark and all that would definitely be for mature audiences. We've been talking about that for some time. I think it's, it's about time we actually do it. But... Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. How do they get a hold of us, Trey? They can take the cigar out of their mouth. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast. You can always email us at info at com. And while you've got a moment, if you're still finishing your cigar, pop on over to iTunes or wherever you find us and drop us a review and a rating. It just helps other people find us and kind of boosts us in the ratings. We really appreciate it. So the last thing we always do on the podcast, great, Trey, pronounce judgment on the La Gran Oferta. It is milder than I was expecting, but so very, very good. It, you know, I was expecting from my father this to be very pepper forward, very spicy, and it's not. It's very good. It's very flavorful. It it tastes so Nicaraguan. You know, we were talking about drying out your palate. I've been smoking a lot of Dominicans lately, so I haven't been getting that. Uh, this is this is a Nicaraguan cigar in its purest form, and that I'm really enjoying. Jay, pronounce judgment on the Avo Classico. Uh, as you said before, it is a all around. It's a great smoke. It's very mid mid levels for strength. Um, it's maintained its flavor and its draw all the way through so far, and I'm very much enjoying that. It didn't start off light, get heavy, and it hasn't alternated. Uh, all in all, I may very well be adding this to the to the rotation. Well, and it may be time to give you a heritage. 
and to really let you take your palate out for a walk and try the heritage. It's getting out of shape. It could use a walk. <laughs> the, the only problem is the only heritage that I keep in stock are the six by sixties. I usually keep Toros on hand. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to have a Toro on hand. I'll have to win one at poker one night so that I can. There you that. go. The SBC eighteen, um, very good cigar. Um, I don't get any of the sweet that I got during the cold draw, but I'm getting a lot of flavor. It's pure Roma Craft. You can tell it's made in that factory. You can tell that it's made kind of in the image of that knuckle dragger and the crow magnum not the aquatane aquatane being my least favorite of the roma right. craft product um the draw has been good the ash has held well from a construction standpoint i cannot complain at all i've got it smoked down now to about two inches still not getting any heat i do think the punch was the right call and all, I do appreciate the, the guidance because I do think the punch was the right call on this particular cigar because one thing about the punch, the punch will help you capture more of the cap flavor. It will. Then you will capture using either the V cut or especially the straight cut. Mm-hmm. You know, we always refer to the straight cut kind of as the nuclear option. Once you straight cut, you can never go back. Which I proved the other day when I v-cut the cigar and then about halfway through the show had to turn around and straight cut it after the fact you can always you can always go further you can't put it back on but i will say it is a little milder than your average roma craft than the roma craft i'm used to grabbing it is a little milder um the price point on it like i said is a little higher than i want it to be but when you only make so many boxes of yeah that's that limited edition that limited run pricing yeah it's kind of the hierarchy of pricing is the collaboration then the limited release and then you get into your higher end cigars then you get to padron so but very good cigar i recommend everybody give one a try and until next week please have a great cigar and think well of us